what he says. He gained, look, everybody stood, they all clapped. New type of leader. Now, listen to me, look at me right now and watch this. This is Zelensky. He's a Jewish comedian. He is not close to be worshipped by the world, but he is a a type of someone that the world is looking at and, and somehow saying, oh, wow. And so the, the strict British rule allowed someone like him to, for the first time in history, to, to give a speech in the main hall of the parliament in, 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 uh, in uh, Westminster. The whole world. Now, this is, this is just to show you that the world is hungry and thirsty for a different leadership. And when the time comes, a completely different one is going to come up, a satanic, diabolic one whom the world will worship, not just admire, like in this case, but worship, worship. It's a different story, but that's going to happen after the war is going to have a terrible, ter- the world is going to have a terrible war in the Middle East. Now, now let's talk about what led Putin to this whole invasion. I, I need you to understand wars don't start out of the blue and w- wars don't end up hours after they start. So don't expect this war to, to end up tomorrow, but you have to understand it all going back, it's going, I'm going back right now. Let's go back on a journey to 2004 when the Ukrainians, for the first time since they split from the Soviet Union, the Ukrainians said no to the pro-Russian candidate and yes for someone else. And Viktor uh, Yuchenko um Viktor Yushchenko is the one who became the president in, 20, in 2004. Um, and next to him was a beautiful girl called Yulia Timoshenko. She was the prime minister of that time. And those two symbolized the spirit of change in, in Ukraine. This is when the Russians realized something is wrong. But at that time in 2004, Putin was only four years president. He didn't have the the the, the, the legitimacy to, to do anything militarily, and 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 look what he did. At that time, Russia did what Russia can, you know, uh, do in a very legal and you know uh, understandable way. Russia began to invest in their own candidate, Viktor Yanukovych, and Russia. Con- yes, that's the guy. And Russia caused uh, Viktor Yushchenko, uh, Russia caused him to think that Yulia might replace him. So get what Viktor uh, Yushchenko did. Viktor Yushchenko took um, um, Viktor Yanukovych and t- made him his prime minister. And this is how you see the picture of the two of them together. On the right hand is the president. On the left is the prime minister. And Russia invested money in PR and uh, American advisors to build 
um, um, uh, Yanukovych's image and Yanukovych, believe it or not, eventually won the elections fair and square against Yulia Timoshenko in 2010 and 3.5% he won. See, the Ukraine has always had this electoral balance of the pro-Russians and the anti-Russian, but it was not really pro-Russian. It was the Russians speaking on the East versus the Ukrainians speaking on the West, but it was the 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 East that was more industrial, where all the oligarchs come from, and it's the West that was maybe more nationalist, but it was a little more poor and not not calling the shots. Then came 20 uh, 2014 um, Euromaidan in, uh, uh, revolution. What happened is, uh, what happened is that uh, Victor uh, Victor Yanukovych was ousted. He ran away. He ran away with his prime minister and some of his members to Russia. And this is when um, Russia immediately first mistake invaded into Crimea and took Crimea, invaded into Donbass and took over parts of Donbass, of Lugansk and uh, Donetsk. By taking those areas, Russia removed four and a half million Ukrainians from being part of Ukraine and from voting for the Ukrainians. So now, from 2014, if before it was more or less 50-50, Four and a half millions of the pro-Russians are no longer voting. They're now Russians, so to speak. And now, of course, Ukraine, the whole political uh, map tipped towards the nationalists in Ukraine. And now, if he thought that by taking Crimea and Lugansk and Donetsk part, if he thought that that's going to help him, it escalated. It, 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 it energized the other people to start saying, Ooh, we don't want to be part of Russia anymore. So we must learn Ukrainian. We must be more Ukrainian. We must, we must not be part of this. And this is why slowly, slowly, no longer the leading newspapers in Ukraine are in Russian. No longer TV shows are in Russian. And now, ladies and gentlemen, complete loss of control of Russia over the Ukraine. When America saw that in 2014, America immediately, I'm sorry I'm using this term, but you have to understand why I'm using it. America almost raped Ukraine because they saw a chance to take a a stake in one of the most amazing countries when it comes to uh, 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 infrastructures, uh, but when it comes to uh, uh, you know uh, natural resources and, and 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 all of that, and ladies and gentlemen, America did not crawl into the Ukraine. America jumped on the Ukraine, and right before the eyes of of uh, of um, the Russian president, and in those two years of. 44th president in those two years from 2014 to 2016, American politicians, listen to me now, American politicians 
invested in stakes of the Ukrainian gas, Ukrainian oil, Ukrainian industry, and they were so invested in it that they became so corrupt. Now, that's just one aspect of it. The CIA was there. America started acting in Ukraine as if it's American soil. Vladimir Putin looked at it, and he waited for his moment. Then comes 45th president, and he realized how corrupt all of his predecessors when it comes to the Ukraine. So what is he doing? He is telling the president of Ukraine, you must investigate. If you want us to help you, you must promise me that you investigate the corruption of my predecessors. What are the Democrats doing? They tried to impeach the 45th president for demanding the Ukrainian president to investigate. Do you see what I'm saying? And while all of this is happening, while good is called bad and bad is called good in America, all regarding the Ukraine, Vladimir Putin understands, I have to do something at some point. Now, he cannot do that under the 45th president because he understands this guy is not part of this swamp that is raping Ukraine. He is not invested in the Ukrainian gas and oil himself. He's not. So Putin knew his chances to do something during 45th are, are slim. He saw that he's a very strong uh, uh, on Iran and others. He's not going to, he's probably going to help Ukraine, literally, if it's going to be invaded. And so Putin waited and then came the elections of 2020 and then January 2021 came and then the horrific pullout of Afghanistan in August of 2021. And then, of course, came the Russian demand. When the Russians submitted their demands for NATO not to accept um, Ukraine and for NATO members that are on the Eastern blockade to evacuate all of the American forces and for all the American bases in Europe to evacuate all of their nuclear heads. When that came, it was playing in poker. You call it all in. Putin knew this is my only chance to, 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 to do that. And this is my chance to, to once and for all clean Ukraine from what I believe is a danger to my own country. Do I, by the way, am I? Justifying Putin? Absolutely not. Am I taking his side? Absolutely not. But I want you to understand, it's not biolab or something. It is everything that America did in Ukraine. It is everything NATO did in Ukraine without having it as a member yet. It's everything the EU did in Ukraine without having it a member yet. And Putin said, if I wait for the Ukraine to be a member of NATO, I will never be able to attack. I'll never be able to clean all of this. And this is exactly why he invaded. Ladies and gentlemen, you have to understand that at this present moment, it serves Putin's interest to do that because there is no other time fit for that. And he knew he is almost at the point where he can never do that. And Ukraine will be, you know, full with American nuclear warheads, NATO forces will be there with with NATO air, uh, jets on the ground and NATO force. 
He doesn't want that. And this is why he did it right now. Now comes the point where I'm talking about the, the hook in the jaw. All that happened in Ukraine brought Russia in. Russia is now completely ousted and completely boycotted by almost the whole world. Now, Europe wants to no longer rely on Russian gas and oil. America already said we're not going to buy from them gas and oil anymore. That's why. And I'm not sure why America is not reviving the uh, Keystone XL um, uh, pipe. But you and I know that, you know, only God knows how how come the most, you know, in I guess something that every child knows, how come a big part of the American political system doesn't get it. But watch this. I want you to see the alternatives that are now being created. Let's let's stop for a second and look in the scriptures at what the Bible says in Ezekiel that is going to be the reason for the Ezekiel war. Thus says the Lord God, behold, I am against you. God says to Rosh, O Gog, the prince of Rosh, Meshach, and Tuval, I am against you, he said. So God is not on the favor of Russia when it comes to what Russia is doing. God says, I'm against you. I will turn you around, put hooks in your jaw, and lead you out with all your army, horsemen, horsemen, all of that. And look what he says. You are going to come to take plunder and to take booty and to stretch out your hand against the waste places that are again inhabited and against the people gathered from the nations who have acquired livestock and goods and dwell in the midst of the land. Basically, the Bible says the return of the Jews to the land and the wealth that they are now acquiring, you are going to come against it. This is a picture of Israel in its modern state. Now let's continue and read. Take a look at this one. Watch this. And then he says to it, Sheba, Dedan, the merchants of Tarshish, and all their young lions will say to you, have you come to take plunder? Have you gathered your army to take booty, to carry away silver and gold, and to take away livestock and goods, to take great plunder? You will come up against my people, the Bible says, like a cloud to cover the land. It will be in the latter days that I will bring you against my land so that the nations may know me when I am hallowed in you, O Gog, before their eyes. So what's going to happen is this. Right now, he's in Ukraine. The Ukraine war is pushing Russia to the wall. And everyone is recalculating their steps and they're trying to get other options to get energy. Now, let's look at these slides that I prepared for you. First of all, let's look at what we see when it comes to oil and when it comes to gas, okay? Take a look at this. Uh, Chevron, the CEO, just said that Israel should be the option um again uh let me let me see if i can find it there you go yeah chevron ceo says israel gas pipeline could supply europe amid crisis now this is just from three days ago two days ago 
Ladies and gentlemen, Israel did not even say a word, and we are already hearing words all around suggesting that Israel is the answer to the lack of gas in Europe if Europe will no longer buy it from Russia. Make no mistake, Russia's economy is one string instrument, gas, oil, and coal. It's energy. If you take that from them, they collapse. They can never allow that to happen. So now, suddenly Israel. Now take a look. Let's move on. There's more. Let's let's put the next the next slide and and see that Israel is now. Look at this. Israel to boost gas supplies to Egypt by up to 50% this month. <laughs> But you're probably asking yourself, why would Egypt buy so much gas from Israel suddenly? It's because Egypt is going to take that gas and sell it to Europe. Egypt partners with Greece, Israel to boost gas export plans. So Israel doesn't even have to send it to Europe. Israel has to just boost up its flow of gas to Egypt. Egypt will do the rest. It, it's interesting. Egypt, the Egyptian... Uh, uh, president just met today with a Saudi one. Israel approved new route for gas exports to Egypt via Jordan also. Let's move to another one. Another one. You can see latest gas deal reflects warmer Israel-Egypt ties. Let's move to another one. How Egypt benefits from gas agreement with Israel. Let's move to another one. Egypt, a future gas supplier to the European Union. By the way, this is from 2018 that they were asking that question. Make no mistake. If energy is the number one thing of Russia's economy, it is energy that is going to be what Russia would want to take from Israel. Russia doesn't need anything but what Russia you know, is is experts in. If Russia wants to dominate uh, energy uh, and, and by doing that to sub bring to submission uh, Europe. And finally, by the way, 45th president said that so many times. He said he warned the Germans, don't work on Nord Stream 2 because you are creating a greater dependence on, 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 on the Russian Uh, gas and oil. Don't do that. Do you think they listened to him? No. The first thing the 46th president did is allowing the Germans to finish that deal. Stopping Keystone XL. Stopping using of fra uh, frac uh, fracking and, and all of that. Creating once again dependency on Russian oil. And now even going and begging Venezuela to sell them oil. Unbelievable. You need to understand, folks, and it has to be clearly understood. There is a hook in the jaw of Rosh, and it's all going to come towards Israel eventually. And when the Bible says it's coming like a dark cloud, to me, it looks like it's going to be, for the most part, from the air, like rockets or whatever it is. But even troops on the ground that may come from Syria, The Bible says that God will have earthquakes and, and brimstones coming and all of that. It's going to be a supernatural victory of God, not of Israel, on the mountains of Israel. Quite an amazing thing. So 
you know, I just wanted you to understand all of this is happening uh, now. And if that's, if that's not enough, God continues to work. Throughout what is going on in Russia and Ukraine right now, there's some good news in the bad news. The good news in the bad news. I want you to see a video from early this morning in Ben Gurion Airport in Tel Aviv. Early this morning. I don't see the video. I'm sure. Uh, I hope you can, but I cannot see it. Anyway. The video shows Russian Jews coming back to Israel. Two full flights of El Al brought them to Israel. Unprecedented number of Russian Jews are now asking to come to Israel. If all of them in 2021 were 7,000, there's already 14,000 requests within two weeks. We're expecting up to 200,000 Russian and Ukrainian Jews returning back to the land. I'll show you a picture of 91-year-old. She left everything. She came to Israel, and uh, she was accepted by her grandchildren in Tel Aviv this morning. 91 years old from Kharkiv, uh, excuse me, from Odessa, and she made it to Israel today. Look. In the midst of all of this, God is still working. He's bringing the Jews back to their land. He is going to come and judge Gog, the leader of Rosh. He comes, he says, I have, I'm against you, he says. So if Putin is Gog and if he's the leader of Rosh, he does not enjoy the favor of God and so should not it shouldn't be the case for where Christians support this. I don't understand the idea. Now, I want to warn you. The last thing I want to say to you is a warning. And again, I'm going to say something that many of you will not like and maybe leave this channel forever. It's fine. But I want you to know. And I've watched that for the last few years now, especially during the elections in America. There is in America, but a, a, a movement known as QAnon. Ladies and gentlemen, this is a Russian operation, pure Russian operation to convince that, you know, there is the good and the bad and the good eventually will take over and defeat the bad and everything is going to be great. But that's fine. Look, if somebody wants to believe that it's great. But much of it is soaked, drenched with pure anti-Semitism. Let me show you a flyer that these people now are giving all around in many U.S. cities right now. Every single aspect of the Ukraine government is Jewish. Then they use this term, let's go, Brandon, and you know what I think about it. Every single aspect of the Biden administration is Jewish. They're trying to insinuate that this is all a Jewish plot, a Jewish uh, war that was cooked here. And Russia is actually the saint. This is Russian intelligence propaganda that is working well. 
And this is also something that serves wonderfully the globalists, the elite. You have to understand, and I may want to divert you to my message on the Illuminati and the one world government. Those wealthy industrial and banking families, they, they feed both sides of conflict all the time because conflict creates chaos. Chaos serves their interest. And eventually it's only through chaos that this new world leader is going to come. I also want to mention that what's going on in Ukraine today, we are watching a Syrianization of Ukraine. What do I mean Syrianization of Ukraine? I mean that everything that we see in Syria today is being imported into the Ukraine. It's no longer necessarily countries. It's actually groups, militias that are fighting each other. I saw a group of Azerbaijanis, Chechens, a group of Belarusians, and I saw a whole battalion that is made of foreigners from the West that are all coming to fight for the Ukrainians against the Russians. One of them, by the way, is a, one of the most decorated um, snipers uh, from Canada, if I'm not mistaken. I don't know if this is... This is the guy. He is known to be one of the best snipers in the world. He is joining now the Ukraine to fight against Russia. Right now in the Ukraine, there's the Russian forces, the, the Ukrainian military, but there are new militias, the Georgian militia, the Belarusian militia, the Chechen militia, the, the, the Azerbaijani militia, the Western militias. And what is going on in Ukraine right now is just exactly what we see in Syria. When so many different groups hopped on this conflict that started between Assad and the people and turned the country into a, um, a ruinous heap. And this is what we're watching right now. Another thing that we see that started lately, the Palestinians, on one hand, they want Russia, they support Russia, but on the other hand, they see how the world admires Ukraine. So look what they do. They Ukrainianize the Palestinian-Israeli conflict. On one hand, they support Russia, as you can see, but on the other hand, look what they say, support Ukraine, and they show how in 2022 to throw a Molotov cocktail is a heroic thing, but they look at the Palestinian that is doing been doing that for 74 years and he's not hailed as a hero. I don't know what to say, but those people must wake up and smell the coffee because this whole thing of Palestinian is a fake invented thing. I want to urge you to watch my message on YouTube. If you if you don't know, we have a YouTube channel, Behold Israel subscribe and, and like and all of that. But one of the messages there is called the deception of the nations. Go and watch it because you're going to see that the name Palestine was actually given to us by the Roman emperor Adrian in 135. And the Jewish people that moved to Israel actually called themselves Palestinians. The Arabs didn't. The, the Arabs called themselves Arabs. It's the Jews. Take a look at this poster from the 1920s. A poster from the 1920s, help them build the Jewish future. You see the, the Israeli flag before Israel was built, was established. 
And look what he says, support the United Palestine appeal. You see, even in the attempt to build the nation, the state of Israel, we still use the word Palestine because Israel was not yet created in 1948. Only in May 14, 1948, we changed the name. And the minute we changed the name from Palestine to Israel, suddenly the Arabs adopted the name Palestinians. And now they've been Palestinians forever. And Palestine is a nation from for 3,000 years ago. This is just baloney. It's baloney. And they know it's baloney. Because you have to watch that message to understand what I'm talking about. So on one hand, we see the Syrianization of the conflict in Ukraine. But on the other other hand, we see that the the Palestinians don't wait to Ukrainianize the Palestinian-Israeli conflict in order to gain some support and some, um, I guess, some sympathy from the world. Look, the problem is that so many people don't understand the word of God and they don't understand how what we see today. And I'm not saying that to scare you, because for the believers, nothing that we see should scare us. For the believers, first of all, God did not give us the spirit of fear, but of power of love and power of sound mind. First of all, second, we all know that we're not destined to the wrath of God and the wrath of God is around the corner. We know that this world, what we see now, COVID, you see. You understand COVID is over and it's almost a joke right now compares to uh, maybe a third world war and a nuclear one that might happen. But I still want to tell you that even that is nothing compares to what the world is going to go through. This is why I feel that it's important that people study the book of Revelation to understand the magnitude of what this world is going to go through. And this is why I'm so happy that 